0: You're listening to Force Fed Digital. Force Fed Digital. You heard. <laughs> yo, yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Rich Kingsbridge, Rich. This is another episode of the My Bronx Story Podcast. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We're on episode 16. About to get it popping. Don't get it twisted, man. This episode is called BDD, Boogie Down Dystopia. But it's a Christmas episode. So today I just want to thank you for sharing your time with me and enjoying this podcast. Pretty much enjoy so much. Guys, as usual, I tell you, follow me on other social media platforms. You guys can catch me all the way on TikTok. TikTok, I have a, a more grand following. In fact, I'm pretty much digging Chris uh, TikTok. Funny thing, um, I promote it more than anything. I'm actually monetizing for the first time. I don't mean to brag, but your boy is a, a four-figure type dude now, you know? So, you know, just want to throw that out there, so all to say doing my thing you know don't want to sound a little posh or whatever but yeah so i'm monetizing on tiktok if you know how to monetize on other platforms tell me don't be a gatekeeper but yeah so i've been doing that and um i got caught up in something in the mix of all that too so i got hyped because i see the numbers and i see you know tiktok is pretty much telling me this is how much you're gonna get paid So I go into reading the terms and I'm hyped because I'm like, yo, I'm about to go down on Christmas. Finally, you know, daddy's coming through. So I already started like earmarking a bunch of stuff. I pre in advance. I got me a pair of Jordans. You know what I mean? Pretty much. I'm spending something that's not in my pocket right now. Yeah. So as soon as the 15th came, I went to look for the payment. I only got $11 and I'm here looking and rereading. I don't know how I read it the first time. It did make sense the second time. I'm going to tell you that much anyway. Yeah, I got caught up. So instead of December 15th, I'm going to get the money on January 15th. So this is the situation that presents me with. All right. I don't know if you guys ever seen The Office. This reminds me of. So in the office, the the manager, his name was Michael Scott. So he was the regional manager. And there's one episode where he had promised all these kids, I think, scholarships when he graduated high school. So then he got contacted by the school and then he realized they're in no position at all to do to honor what they said that they would. So he was talking out his ass pretty much, which is also called like ass betting. So he ass betted. He threw that out there, kind of like what I did for Christmas. (laughs) Now, when we were really, really poor, I knew it because we wouldn't celebrate on Christmas. We would celebrate Three Kings Day. So it wasn't all cultural because that was mad convenient. I knew that the money didn't come in. And so it's like, no, 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 no. We don't celebrate that. that." So every year we was getting cultural. That means that somebody fumbled the bag in my household and there's no money for Christmas day. But if you hold tight a little longer on three kings, we got it. I can't even push it to that. It's like an extended. It's like it's like three kings day. I can't even say I'm Puerto on Puerto Rican time. Pretty much. We love three kings, but this is three kings in Puerto Rican time that I got to give them gifts. What I'm going to do wrap empty boxes. So anyway, <clears throat> that's the predicament that I was in. And I was spending that money already. That money was already... I actually unspent some of it. I made returns in my head and all of that. Like, that's how many ways I divided the money. I was counting. I'm super hype about it. I'm telling you, like, you know, this is not pennies. I, I'm, I'm a four-figure dude on social media. You know what I mean? So in which of the numbers is in them figures, it's not none of your business, but I'm there. And I could spend Christmas, all right, and get my Nissan, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm hype about that, but <clears throat> I was thinking, like, fuck a bill, right? We get extra money, and then it's like we, we think about a bill we owe. I'm thinking, like, I got to do something extra with it that I wouldn't have done. Like, I, w- I wasn't going to get a pair of Jordans, I'm going to be honest. I went through those phases and all of that. I'm cool, I stand on that. It don't make nothing different. But when you get extra money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to do something extra with it. So I'm already spending it thinking of what to do extra, you know, and, and then, you know, I ended up there. But then I was thinking, like, maybe, maybe just maybe, like, because I, like, I don't watch sports, so I don't gamble. But I was thinking maybe I can wager a bet. Still, how about if we wager if Diddy gets arrested from here to Christmas? Think about it. I swear it's been like the last two months and every week Diddy's in the news for something different. I made, I think, two episodes with two announcements just, you know, for shits and giggles to add a little segment into the show. And Diddy's name keeps popping up. When I kept looking at the notes, I was realized, yo, out of nowhere, why Diddy is doing so much? I have never thought so much about Diddy as until now. And I started doing the research. And so I'm thinking with everything back to back in his life, the Cassie situation, doing the research and going all the way back in time and it being like Christmas around the corner. It'd be funny if we looked at it like a 12 days of Diddy, like, you know how we have 12 days of Christmas. So, you know, I thought about making a wager with the extra money and see if maybe I can invest that and double extra money and make that bubble or whatever. But for the meanwhile, I think I can wager a bet because I don't know what would you say. You've seen him in the news yourself. I've seen him. Everybody's heard about him in one way or another. So there's a high chance he might not make it. Maybe I get a good return on that bet. But 12 days of Diddy, that almost sounds like a jingle. I would think it's a jingle. In fact, let's see what we could do with the history. On the first day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me and oversold the vent and stampede. On the second day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me, produced and found some artists and then oversold the vent and stampede. On the third day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me The loss of Big and Tupac produced and found some artists And then oversold the vent and stampede On the fourth day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me An assault on Steve Stout, the loss of Big and Tupac Produced and found some artists and then oversold the vent and stampede on the fifth day of Christmas, B. Diddy gave to me a shootout in Club New York. Assault on Steve Stout, the loss of Big and Tupac produced and found some artists, and then oversold the vent and stampede. On the sixth day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me. Reality TV shows a shootout in Club New York. And a on Steve Stout, the loss of Big and Tupac, he produced and found some artists. And an oversold event and stampede. On the seventh day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me. Sued for his name, Diddy. Reality TV shows a shootout in Club New York. And a saw on Steve Stout, the loss of Big and Tupac produced and found some artists, and an oversold event and stampede. On the eighth day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me labor law violations, suit for his name Diddy, reality TV shows, a shootout in Club New York. An assault on Steve, stout the loss of Big and Tupac, produced and found some artists, and then so the vent and stampede. On the ninth day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me a bunch of assault charges, labor law violations, suit for his name Diddy. Reality TV shows a shootout in Club New York. An assault on Steve stout the loss of Big And Tupac produced and found some artists And then oversold the vent and stampede On the 10th day of Christmas P. Diddy gave to me Sexual assault, allegations, a bunch of assault charges Labor law violations, suit for his name Diddy Reality TV shows, a shootout in Club New York an assault on Steve, stout the loss of Big and Tupac, produced and found some artists And then oversold the vet and stampede On the eleventh day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me Settle suit with Cassie, sexual assault allegations, a bunch of assault charges, labor law violations, sue for his name Diddy, reality TV shows, a shootout in Club New York Assault on Steve Stout, the loss of Big and Tupac, he produced and found some artists, and an oversold event and stampede. Shit don't end. On the 12th day of Christmas, P. Diddy gave to me, destroyed his reputation, settled suit with Cassie. Sexual assault allegations, bunch of assault charges, labor law violations, sued for his name Diddy, reality TV shows, a shootout in club new york and assault on steve stout the loss of big and tupac produced and found some artists and then an oversold event and stamp p fuck diddy all right so this episode bdd boogie down dystopia don't trip it is a christmas episode but just follow me we're going to survive a dystopian bronx and i'm gonna put you on so they say jesus is the reason for the season So what better way than to get into the holiday cheer and take it back to Bethlehem in the same conditions and political climate in which Jesus was born to? Because, of course, Jesus is the reason for the season. Imagine. And we might not need too much imagination because shit's getting weird. I take that from this TikToker, he has this page, I don't remember at the time, but he goes, shit's getting weird. And he started numbering them, but shit gets so weird that he just says infinity now. He goes, part infinity, and it's just a new episode, a new episode. So I get that term from him because it's really getting weird right now. For one, this is not going to have any spoilers. We recently watched a movie called Leave the World Behind. Seen it or not? No, seen it. There's not going to be spoilers, but... (coughs) What I can say is that when they start putting movies in front of you that remind you of things that look like stuff happening around the world, and it's kind of hitting a little too close to home, and you get that little feeling like, hmm, like that feeling inside. Like there's actually a term for that, and a philosopher talked about it. I'm gonna get to that for in a second, but like. I see this movie, and look at how weird it was for me, right? So we see this movie, and it, it presents you with so many scenarios where you have to consider if the government went out tomorrow and you had to fend for yourself, what's truth, what's not, what's trust, and what's not. And it puts you into a form of thinking you don't have to do because that, that reality is not in front of you. You have, like, reality A, but that there's a reality B. If one situation comes and it puts you across now there's no government you have to fend for yourself you have to think of resources you got to think of people trying to overpower you take advantage of you and all the stories and scenarios that could be out of the person that visits you as the person that asks you for a favor you got to put everything in question because your survival counts on it what you have now is a commodity it would have been just a bare minimum regular thing but now it's gold and everybody's eye on you. So what happens in that kind of society, right? That's not the reality we currently live in. But Jesus is the reason of the season. That was the reality that Jesus was born to. And so in some ways, I find that ironic. But I was going on TikTok the next day in the morning after watching that movie. I had my head spinning, thinking about it. I wasn't stressing it, but you know, I had it in the back of the head. In the morning I get on TikTok and I see that there was a Con Ed power outage. It affected like areas in New Jersey. It had, like people were trapped in elevators. Escalators stopped working. I think Penn Station stuff. Like, I w- then there was a bull on the tracks. I started connecting everything together. <laughs> and I, Cause I had the movie, I'm thinking, how, how, why is there a bull there? Why is there a bull there running on? the? <laughs> so I'm here connecting like, you know, that crazy things are happening. Then people are putting like images of like other movies. And now there's other movies that look like that could be a part two to that movie. And it's making me like I started seeing clips on TikTok and I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know if somebody's like fronting and trying to give you fake news. Then my kids be looking at me like, you be believing everything. And I'm like, nah, you don't know that 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 account is right. I'm like, you hating because I'm viral. Don't play me. Anywho. So, yeah, I don't be knowing what's true. So. I'm already trying to recover from the possibilities of this movie. And I'm asking myself how unprepared would I be for this and for that? And, and you know, I'm, I'm just thinking in that position, right? No sooner than I do all that, I see another trailer. I thought that was bad. Just, this trailer is even worse. So this one is for a Civil War movie. This one's supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out April 2000, 2024, next year. But now, just as it says, Civil War. We think about the Civil War, maybe if we paid attention in school in the context of, you know, historically what happened a very long time ago. But we don't think about it in modern terms. But of course, that's where, you know, Hollywood comes to fill in the gap, you know. And so Hollywood would give us movies and we have to ask ourselves, right, there's conspiracy theories that go around and people start asking themselves, is Hollywood doing it on purpose to like prime us? Is Hollywood making or giving us this media so that's pretty much the argument or is it that those concerns are rising within us so much that we write and we make art to represent that fear it could be in either end you get it so it could be this big conspiracy so there's a guy i just i learned this on tiktok i don't want to act like i'm smart so please so it's a philosopher (laughs) because i knew i was going to sound stupid (laughs) like all right i embrace my nerdhood but i ain't coming to you with nerd energy so take it at that Philosopher Alan Watt coined the term predictive programming. So it's like a form of predictive programming. An example, you know how like people always say that The Simpsons predicted that that was on The Simpsons. That was and it's like The Simpsons wrote around the way they can see things, like the trajectory of things, how things just seem like they're gonna turn out with a strong guess that turns out right. But to people who are conspiracy theorists, now they think that like now every movie is like yo, that's the Illuminati and <laughs> and all that stuff or whatever. But then it's like could they be right? Because now you got a movie coming out and we're going to war and we're thinking about Palestine. And, and I guys, stay with me. Please, please fuck with me because this is a Christmas episode, all right? This is a Christmas episode. Don't get me wrong. Because again, remind yourselves that this is what it was like for baby Jesus. This is the political climate in which baby Jesus came up in. So for a moment, if we want to think about him and think about the region in this planet in which he came out of, It's easy to get distracted with the gifts and the gift giving and the pleasantries and lose sight of we can be in that same mix as he was. And sometimes that makes it a little easier to understand what he went through when we think about what's happening to the people we're seeing on the news in other regions of of the country. Because these same things that are happening now were happening before. But yeah, are we being primed? Is Hollywood kind of making us ready for the shock of these things that could possibly happen? Making us desensitized hmm like insert that x-files music (laughs) all right so something to think about imagine that a trailer for a bronx dystopia boogie down dystopia boogie down dystopia the trailer will be like like just to put it into like a movie or a series or a movie whatever it could be a movie series whatever the trailer be like explore the untold stories of a dystopian bronx where survival is key Discover how our borough's unique resources from highways to hospitals, armories to water bodies become crucial in the world where every resource counts. Catch the latest Netflix movie at three. (laughs) Trending number three across barbershops, nail salons, hookah lounges, and mechanic spots across New York City as we dive deep into the survival tactics, barter systems, and the Bronx's unmatched resilience. Hashtag down dystopia. Hashtag dystopia Bronx. Hashtag survival tactics. hashtags Bronx strength. Wow, picture that, right? In that scenario, it's like, it's a regular day, right? You're chilling, you're grabbing a chopped cheese, right? Typical New York shit, stupid scenario. You hit the corner bodega, and suddenly, like, the news... Breaks out. Rest of city is inching in on the Bronx to gain territory. So now the op is everybody else around you, all the boroughs, all at once. It's on a newscast. That's how you get the news. You was about to do whatever the cliche shit to New, to New Yorker is. In a nutshell, the Bronx is king, but shit will be brutal. It won't be easy, but I thought about that after seeing the movie inspired me so much that I started putting used to like chat GBT and, <laughs> and I went down like a deep dive because guys, I talk about my... The things that are a little fragile about myself. ADHD being one of those. So it's a double edged sword I can't front, but I was like, hey, look, it's relevant. It's Christmas season. And Jesus and stuff and, and Bethlehem and Palestine. And I don't know. I made a long ass bridge and connected everything and I got excited. But and then I was watching the movie and a lot of shit's happened across like the world and I'm like, yo, what do we do right now? Like we fear this or we're just waiting for it to happen. Are they telling us something? So in all of that. I'm here thinking, and it's not, it's not unique to me. I'm not the first person to make the, um, the connections. Like I know there was a, I've seen, I've seen not tick is either TikTok or a real where it's been like a video where somebody details who would win if there was like some type of disaster, who would win if there was like a fight between all the boroughs or whatever they've I've seen a, and even for, for, before doing this podcast, I went and I saw an article. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like sounding like something that was completely done by somebody else. But after reading everything, I realized they did not include War General Kingsbridge Rich. I was not invited to any meeting. Y'all overlook some shit. Here are a few well thought out scenarios because here I am to take a deep dive like no one else would commit to because Fuck it, why not? I'm Richie. I'm here to save the day. (laughs) It feels dutiful. (laughs) That's that's what it. That's the rush you get, the the hit of dopamine you get when you dive down a rabbit hole, especially when you start making the connections and the math starts math. And oh, forget it. So here I am. I go and make a hypothetical scenario analysis, and we'll just leave it at that. Again, I said I don't want to sound too smart. (laughs) So anyway. Here's some of the things we got to consider, right? There's, there's a few scenarios to think about. I, I highlight them and I itemize them. And I want to count stuff that maybe wasn't counted or considered too much. So anyway, scenario one, utilizing strategic locations and population strength are pros. With a population of nearly 1.5 million people, the Bronx can mobilize a significant number of people for defense and strategic operations. True, the makeup of the Bronx and the way we're situated, we got a bit of an advantage. So we can get into the details because we got people. We got 1.5 million, right? We got little geographic locations and stuff. So, with how we are located and how many people we are, we're a strong contender. So, we're, gonna, uh, we're king. Look, I'm, a, I'm the spoiler, no spoiler. We're king. We win it. I'm going to just tell you now if you ain't got too much time to, you know, you're not going to make it to the end of this, whatever. The Bronx wins it. I'm just telling you how and why. All right? My Bronx story. So, 1.5 million people, they can mo- mobilize a significant number of people, right? Now, here's the people we move in, because they're just talking about people. It's important that you know which people to count, in no specific order. Dirt bike gangs. The dirt bike gangs have been running from cops for years. That's what they do every day. They literally link up to run from the cops. So this is who I'm considering. Like, again, in no exact order, I'm going to make sure I unite the dirt bike gangs. I'm going to speak with them. They go a far distance on a little bit of gas. I'm just telling you, based on the analysis, the conclusion we come to. All right. So the dirt bike gangs, if you hear me and something magically pops off, holler at your boy Rich. I got a plan. All right. I've been had this plan. So remember this. Anyway, so the dirt bike gangs and they know all the back roads. They know how to move everywhere. So I got that advantage. Anyway, I'm gonna rally around that religious leaders. They're an important one because a lot of shit's gonna hit the fan and we need somebody to sell them a false hope that what's happening around them that's obvious is not really happening. That what's happening around them or thought in the prayer is enough. And, hey, if it severely interferes with your life and ruins it and plucks a child out of your family, they'll be in a better place if they prayed on time and gave their life to Christ. If they didn't, I'm sorry, I gotta tell you because I love you. Something else, but anyway, again, like, this is just an analysis. And Jesus is the reason for the season. So I just want to, as a spiritual person, put it out there. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm just talking about the people I want to, you know, because, yo, know, people about to see things for the first time they ain't never see before. And somebody got to keep them together if they can't spring into action. Because I've had situations personally where I've been in that body. And I'd expect somebody to have some type of courage as what I know courage to be as a person who's actually fought and defended and protect and stand up on principle. I've been there, done that on the street and in secular spaces. I just expected that that would be the same thing in those spaces that I've actually been in. But hey, it's not always like that. So I'm gonna need somebody who talks that talk and they're on that end to go and holler a bunch of people who are not gonna spring into action and move. For the most part, who might want to turn their t- cheek a few too many times before they realize they're spinning and spinning and spinning. And the world is really happening in front of them. I've had experiences that make me kind of question if things were to hit the fan. Because, again, this is in the context of an emergency. We're in a new world of thinking. And maybe today I could sit and break bread with a Christian. But unfortunately, like if things hit the fan too much, I might have to draw my experience. And I kind of don't see too much courage there from from the experience that i've had and i'll out I, there I have that conversation with somebody and i stand on that but just to kind of describe some things that would have to be considered when you're choosing your team but in in some way i have to make an ally because the thing that nobody's going to be able to negate is that there's people going dying right in an emergency i'm just just saying so people could trade it a little serious or at least empathize with what's serious around the world in the same places that sweet baby Jesus grew up in. For perspective, because this is a Christmas show. Just to remind y'all. So anyway, strength and numbers, yeah. Religious leaders, yeah. Bad bitches. Yep, I said it. Yeah, I counted. I said no specific order. Bad bitches. I did not say it wrong. This is why. These will be our chapiadoras. Our spies. Our extortion. Our covert operations. They will be trained. They will get extensive training from the OGs down in the other section of town called Hunts Point, where they were full-time. You have to keep in mind for perspective state, this is the Bronx. This is a shutdown. We have to call it for what it is, but in a lot of cases, the Bronx choppies will have like the either-or surgery, like either top, either bottom, right? Unlike their counterpart across the Hudson from the Heights, many times those choppies be like full-time. So the full time choppy be like, they be bottom and top more, more, more than not. I'm just saying like, you know, let's call it, call it what it is. So, you know, I have to train across the Hudson, right? Because we're going to have the ops on the other side from the Heights trying to press in for territory. So they might think they got an advantage across the waters. And but we beat them to it. That's why I counted bad bitches because we're gonna have to counter theirs. Our bad bitches again because most of them, like a lot of them, is either like medical assistants, MRI techs. You know that they got a job, so obviously they got they pay for their surgery. So they got the either or, oh, it's either top or either bottom. So I'm not trying to play nobody. It's like working class choppy. You know what I mean? Like I mean, have some dignity. At least you're not doing it full time. But I'm just calling what it is. I'm just that's a big up. But anyway, right? That's the choppy. Across the waters, across the Hudson and the Heights, unfortunately, those chi- unfortunately there be more of them, and they're more well kept, and you know the pockets is deep on that end. Let's be real, it's the Heights, you know, you know, you know what time it is, the Heights, you know what I mean. So they got La Marina and all that, like that's on that side. We we're not trying to contend. Uh, Bronx got his flow, that's y'all thing. Anyway, so the problem on that end is that there's not good buoyancy. So across the Hudson, they start they start sailing the choppies across the waters, right? The ones that got both top and bottom coming in from the heights, there's not enough good buoyancy, so you'll be able to snipe them from high bridge because from my analysis, I figured out the high bridge is elevated, so you could shoot down into the Hudson and catch them, and they're not swimming too good because they bobble they bobbling real funny because they top and bottom, so they hit on that end. Bronx ones was, you know... It's just, you know, it's just circumstantial. They just, by way of not really pumping too much money into it, it's a part-time thing, you know, the choppy, you know, shorty bottle girl in it, you know. Again, it's no disrespect, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, hey, I'm still a husband and mother, father of two girls. I'm not trying to objectify. I went through a, an analysis, <laughs> an extensive analysis to kind of determine how it might go down. And like I said, this was covered before. Reddit, it was a question on Reddit. Some TikTokers have put some IG Reels, whatever, put it together. There was a Vice article, kind of chopping it up. But again, I think they overlook some stuff. So these are kind of the people who I'm probably gonna run to. But I guess let's let's think more of of sections of the Bronx because I don't want to lose you because you know my mind is spinning like in a different direction. So I'm gonna break it down by geography. For those who know the Bronx. You'll see it. If you don't know the Bronx too too well, I'll give you enough details by stats and data and my research, <laughs> so you could know how each of those areas get down. Because I can speak confidently on these areas and this plan because I did the study. I did a hypothetical <laughs> analysis on if this shit goes down. You hear? I'm proud of myself how fluently I'm talking about it. I just got into this today. That's the that's the ADHD mind, yo. It's crazy, but all right. Let's go into locations. I was talking before about High Bridge, right? The elevation of High let's, let's Let's expound on that right now for a second. The Bronx's strategic locations, including access to major highways and natural barriers like the Harlem River and Long Island Sound, become even more critical. So here we're going to go. We're going to start with High Bridge. It's elevated and an, at, at an advantage with the Deegan and the Hudson River to protect on one side. Consider that. Now remember, The Heights got bad bitches, too. Don't forget the BBLs floating across the sea. All right. We got a game plan for that. We're going to snipe them out the water and we're going to be good because their buoyancy is bad. Right. So we got a one up because they got both up and down done. We're good. Slight Bronx, slight advantage is that the bad bitches largely work and mostly afford one or the other surgeries. So that helped on that front that we didn't move too many resources across the waters. And again, not to objectify women. I was explaining to you. This is my analysis, <laughs> my, my strategic studies today. Anyway, so let's move on from Highbridge. Here's an important region that we're going to have to take down and protect because they're going to come for us. Hunts Point. Hunts Point's home to the Hunts Point Terminal, the produce market. It's one of the largest wholesale produce markets in the world. Protecting the vital food distribution center would be crucial for the Bronx's self-sufficiency. So in this scenario, we're going for self-sufficiency because all the other boroughs are trying to come in on us. So we got to be smart. We go to the place that probably has the most seeds, right? But think about it. The most seeds, what? What are we going to do with that? We're going to harvest them because this is one of the most popular ones in the world, right? I did my research, Right. But remember, I got a relationship with the motorcycle gangs. They're going to come and give me safe passage for all the Mexicans who be doing all the produce because that's in their DNA. Going back to the Incas and Aztecs, Horticulture's is their thing. Right. Wait, follow me. I got you. I'm painting it for you. Right. My, my relationship with the gangs, the bike gangs are going to come enforce and they're going to help me move the mexicans out of the hunts point section with the seeds and all the goods and they're going to give them safe passage all the way uptown to the bronx park area because the bronx also happens to have a lot of green area but i'm gonna get a little more in depth on that area we're still moving the mexicans uptown with the dirt bike gangs Right. At a, you know, they, they got gas in the bike. You know, they, they, they know the back ways and they're massive. And these is the, the, the motorcycle gangs, for the most part, be the kids that ain't got nothing else better to do in school. They just out there. So, again, they're moving the Mexicans up to help out in that area. Right. We got to keep them safe from them strong arm robberies, though. All right. And we have to keep the Mexicans away from the Chapiadoras. So it's going to take some strategic planning on that. And internally, this is an internal problem. See, I I factored that in too. Because they spend guap. They spend guap on the choppies. This is a new world, new system. There's going to be temptation there. And we can't let this shit fall apart because we need the seeds to make it all the way up. Right? We got greenhouses. We got the botanical gardens. You feel me? We got an advantage. I want y'all to ponder that as I take a pull. I thought all this shit out high. To nobody's surprise. (laughs) Look, you're breaking glasses, and I'm the high one. That's the second one you broke. So now, so, because, yo, young people, it's a thing for young people to strong-arm robbery, Mexicans. That, like, yo, we came up, and that was the thing across the bridge. Remember the stories, how I share about Kingsbridge, I was always running with the <clears throat> shouts to UNO squad for no reason. Other than just to say it, but we was doing the strong-arm robberies, and a lot of times, there will be Mexicans coming out of bars because they have cash on them. A lot of times they carry a lot of cash on them because they're not trying to leave the money behind because they got roommates. So a lot of times they move around with a lot of money, a lot of cash, and they get drunk heavy. So we'll be walking on the block just you know, just mobbing trooping. And we'll see Mexicans, you know, nine out of ten times they got strong-armed and taken for their money or hit or whatever. Again, not glorifying it. I say all that to say, in my strategic plan... I have to, in my relationship with the, with the, with the bike gangs, right, the, the dirt bike gangs, give a safe pass. Just listen, listen, we're going to give you massive opportunities, but you got to ease off because y'all be the same ones. I was one of y'all dirt bike dudes, too, when I was younger. I understand the bike life, but we're going to give these Mexicans a free pass. They're doing something real big for us with this horticulture thing. And we're in a new system of respect, no, re- no racism here. This all got to work for everybody. Moving on. Richie for president 2024. Kingsbridge Rich. <laughs> nah, nah. I felt like that putting all this together. It all made sense. How much they're fucking us. <laughs> so, all right, hold on. Another pool All right. So anyway, Hunts Point terminal market. We're moving the population up, horticulture, all that shit. We're keeping the choppies from them. Dirt bike riders are gonna scoop them up and bring them up there, right? Van Cortland, the botanical gardens area. We're gonna create a new harvest. We got what's those things called? Those um green greenhouses and stuff like that so we should be good so that'd be good but that comes now a thought about another area which i'm going to present to you which is the riverdale area now it kind of t- everything ties in in a way but now here's where i'm going to tie that little situation we got right so riverdale is located in the northwest part of the bronx and offers elevated terrain and a suburban feel it could serve as a strategic outpost for monitoring movements from neighborhood boroughs But fuck all that, because Riverdale, historically, tries to make it seem like they're not really from the Bronx. And I've had jobs where I go to verify addresses, and the way that they'll write it down, it'll never be like Bronx, New York, and then the zip code. It'll be Riverdale, New York, and the zip code. Ten out of ten times. In a couple of jobs where I had to send paper mail because I'm giving my age away. So, Riverdale's always been on that time. For unlike they're the Bronx, they just gotta say Riverdale. So anyway... That's the story on Riverdale, Suburban Field, yada, yada, yada. We're not doing all that. In my plan, I'm not saying that I advocate for this. This is not my plan. I did a whole analysis, and this is just more likely to be the case. I, there's no easy way to put it, but they're going to displace you. <laughs> you guys are smart and skillful and all that, but you guys don't really put your hands like that. You're not, at least, you know, compared to the rest of the borough that you've been acting a little posh with, you know what I mean? Like, you guys don't really got a reputation for throwing your knuckles around so yeah you, you're gonna be hit on that you're gonna be displaced and uh all but the most intelligent and skillful and we'll put our own generals in the spaces of the people we displaced because that's just what's gonna happen right but fuck that it has to happen that way i'm sorry no excuse we um we have more practice living in poverty and harsh conditions so Yeah, we we kind of, this new world is a little more familiar to us than you, and we don't want y'all panicking, and and y'all not known for fighting and stuff, so leave it to us. You guys do the thinking on certain parts. You'll be our chat GPT in real time. How about that, all right? We'll draw upon you (laughs) for your hypotheticals and and insight (laughs) so we can make well-informed decisions. (laughs) So anyway, that's the deal with Riverdale. That's your story. Next up, Throgs Neck. Now, we got problems in Throgsneck, right? I had to look into the the geography of Throgsneck. This is the problems that we encounter with Throgsneck. Throgsneck is a peninsula on the southeastern side of the Bronx and separated from Queens by the East River. It has several road connections to Queens, making it a critical area for controlling transportation routes because people will try to take our highways in and out. And we have, it's a peninsula. It's a lot of water on the sides. So there's a couple fronts. That you have to watch out for that's an issue that could be a really big issue i thought this out so now oh shit a fucking peninsula we gotta secure our waterfront we gotta make sure people don't poison our water we gotta make sure that we secure it on all ends and all crossings but i got a plan for that you hear me this is the analysis you're gonna think i'm crazy all right now due to this region's vulnerability we will have to consider extra reinforcement above humans What I mean by that, and please bear with me, we're in a new world, a new time, and this is Rich explaining to you how things might go based on my analysis, which is kind of keeping it real. This is the story they don't want to tell you. We might have to use the wild animals from the Bronx Zoo as reinforcements to secure that area and other areas of vulnerability throughout the Bronx. I told you, I warned you, I primed you that it might be weird, right? But we're in different times. Now, here's the issue, and it ties back to Riverdale. I'm pretty goddamn sure that none of the people who actually know how to secure the animals live in the Bronx. But if they live anywhere, they might live in Riverdale. The person who deal with the lions is already in the other area trying to come in to get their lion back or something. And we're securing all our perimeters. All of y'all, the ops, none of y'all coming in. You see, Rich thought about it. At some point, somebody got to deal with that Gorilla. That's fucking back there, Sam in the cage, looking like 11.50 cents squashed into one with hair on them. agitated because he hasn't eaten in a week and three days, there's perimeters around the whole Bronx, lights is off whenever, they got no access there in the cage they shouldn't have been in all that time, and the lion, and the tiger, and the bear, you feel me, nobody cares about them little, what's some things, the, the peacocks, nobody cares, those are throwaway animals, you find those shits on Southern Boulevard. <laughs> since <laughs> leave and come back. <laughs> nobody, can, we're gonna see, we're gonna see those. <laughs> That's not no problem. But I'm guaranteeing you, nobody from the Bronx who lives in the the people in the Bronx who work at the Bronx Zoo do concession, <laughs> and maintenance. You're not of use right now, and you knew where I don't need you. You feel me? You hear the, the desperation in my voice? <laughs> All right. I just saw this movie, and this could be real. It could be tomorrow. It could be you. This could be our last transcription. <laughs> I don't know SOSO. This could be the last, if there's anyone listening. Yo, anyway, we got to move on. There's other areas. There's some heads in the Bronx too. We got to get to those. I thought of everything. We we got an analysis. Y'all sticking with me? What's the time? All right, cool. We got a few more minutes on this. Anyway, the Bronx Zoo is part of my plans. Now that I explained it a little more thoroughly, I'm sure you understand, right? Because those areas, right, the peninsula, we ran out of manpower. There's a lot of we're just going to throw animals there in, in ditches that they can't come back out. We're going to figure out what that means and keep everybody away. And nobody's touching us with cheetahs coming out of nowhere and big bears just sprinkled around chilling. Nobody's messing with us on that end. We're going to reinforce Throgs Neck. But that leads us again to Bronx Park because we're talking about that whole area. Right. So on that strip, we got that. We got the Botanical Garden. These would be valuable to protect due to its cultural and educational significance and it could also serve as a community hub. However, we're not on that time because this is a major catastrophe and that's all finding daddy, but somebody will tell the story orally. We, we got some protecting to do. So again, horticulture and defense reinforcements. We got the zoo animals to unleash on whoever unsuspecting threat comes and does not imagine that we would utilize are animals they don't got a zoo like us and if brooklyn comes on that shit with their animals because they got a zoo the bronx Bru- the bronx zoo is gonna bang harder you already know it's a part of the wildlife conservation i bet you the brooklyn one is not even don't fact check me on that i might be wrong because i'm talking shit. but it just sounds better saying the bronx zoo is better and i think it's better anyway and i don't think that's just because i'm from the bronx i really think it is better i think if i was if i wasn't from the bronx I would still think the Bronx Zoo was a better zoo. It just sounds better. And it is better because I've been there on Wednesdays all my life. And twice paid, I remember, as an adult when I was able to afford it. But I got to keep myself together emotionally. Because we got a major catastrophe. That we gotta get through. So anyway, Bronx Park, yeah, shed of tears, all crazy. We unleashed the animals. We got the defense reinforcements. We got the Mexicans that we protecting with the harder culture. It's gonna be good. We're gonna drop seed. We're gonna know the timing. They're gonna know the summer solstice. They're gonna know the farmer's almanac. All that shit's happening. We got the smart Riverdale people that we didn't disenfranchise and stuff. We didn't toss aside because they wasn't the best of the best, the creme de la creme. We took the brains of Riverdale and stuff and we came and had them in so we could, you know, use these smarts on top of the Mexicans. But here's the catch. Politically, we had to, you know, and, and our muscle is also the the gangs which we got a relationship with. They also are muscle, right? In this scenario, the, hypo, the hypothetical one. So nonetheless, the Mexicans and the Riverdalians, and this is more for like the Trump ones, they're going to have to get along with the Mexicans. Because in this world... You really depend on them. But we're going to need to pick your brain because you made it to Riverdale. And you're a different breed. Let's just be real. But that's my job. I got to be diplomatic because it's Richie for president if it goes down 2024. Now that you've heard this final transcript, <laughs> transcription, but nah. so we'll recruit the Riverdalians and pair them up in that working relationship with the Mexicans. Right. Moving on. Castle Hill highlighted castle hill is located near the southern tip of the bronx and has access to the bronx river and brookner expressway its proximity to the Bronx's eastern border with queens makes it strategically important all that means to me is more reinforcements at this point i think we got to throw more animals that way so we got animals on throgs neck maybe we throw the giraffes there like a buffer since they're big and elephants they're not too violent but they take space right they're big You're not just driving your makeshift cars and stuff and and whatever you got, a little gas and you're not ruining that. You're not going to ruin your whip driving into an elephant or trying to avoid an elephant from a draft or vice versa. So the rest of the, and we don't got enough of the peacocks because they're all over the place. They don't mate in front of you. They don't hang out with each other. You just always encounter a peacock from Southern Boulevard down to 188th, Bathgate. What's the furthest you've seen a peacock? They got a curfew? How do they, they always make it back? Around the gate, too. Who times that? Anyway, that's another story because we're on Castle Hill. So anyway, Bronx River and Brooklyn Expressway, a lot of asthmatics on that side. We'll take care of you. We'll figure you out later for right now. Just, you know, jump in the game with us. But that's the pretty much plan. We're going to throw reinforcements your way. If you thought that we ran out because we put them up in the Throcks Neck, we're using the elephants and we're using the giraffes and other stuff, too. We got you. And some gazelles, we're going to throw them in there. So anyway, moving on. Kingsbridge. Kingsbridge is a diverse neighborhood located in the Northwest Bronx. What comes to mind? It should be obvious to anybody from Kingsbridge. The armory. That will be Central Command and Control Center. And there's no bias because I'm Kingsbridge rich. I'm just telling you, it just, just happens to be that there's a very spacious and underutilized space we call a fucking armory. It's like, it's in its name. So that's Central Command and Control Center. So we're going to have to secure that armory, right? So we're going to have to secure it, protect it, because historically, now this is, this is the untold story. This is me telling you. The armory has been completely empty for a long time. And it should be of no surprise. It's because the fiends in the neighboring area done sold everything over the years. Because you know how many drug addicts are there? Can you imagine that? Tanks rolling through Fordham. Grenades and stuff for the low? Right. By a dude named Camel Nuts or something like, yo, grenades for one twenty five. Hold on. In this new society, like money don't even matter. So, yeah, the fiends done got to everything there. Everything is gone. It's depleted. All it is is spacious. So you have all the areas in the world, but you got to secure that because I know it might be too soon. But Kingsbridge kind of got a bad reputation right now with the fentanyl. So I have an opportunity that comes out of a problem. The problem was fentanyl. The solution is fentanyl. We're going to weaponize the fentanyl and secure our borders and find some way to make some projectiles that can shoot poisonous amounts of fentanyl out to the ops who are trying to encroach on our territory. I know two wrongs don't make a right, but three rights make a left. You feel me? So anyway, that's what we're going to do with Kingsbridge. And so moving on, Soundview. Soundview is located along the Bronx's southern shoreline and could be crucial for monitoring waterfront activities and access points. Only thing I got to say is blood sets, gang, sex, money, murder. They get it shaking over there. We don't really have to worry much about them, so I'm not going to talk much on them. They know what they've been doing for years on that side of town. I always talk on TikTok and stuff that I don't ever visit that side because I don't know how many baby showers I've been invited to. That when it says Soundview Community Center, I already know somebody's going to shake on me. I'm going to have to come in the cab, the cab. I'm going to have to fight with him to do the UWE. So I could be in front of the place because I'm not trying to cross because that right there's a problem. My man, you know I'm talking from a place. Anyway, altogether, copia. To have 30 people rumbling in front of a building with copias. I'm talking real life right now. That's why I don't mess with that. So anyway, Sam, you know what you got to do, and you know you're going to do it. So, y'all, matter of fact, they may not even listen much to us anyway. They're going to fend for themselves. I'm just stating to you what they're going to do. I'm not telling y'all what I'm going to have them do. I ain't speaking on them, so that's their thing. You guys know y'all, and you're clear. We got a relationship, a working relationship. So anyway, we support from afar, and y'all probably a thorn we're going to deal with later, but it's not later. Norwood section of the Bronx. Located near the center of the Bronx, it could serve as a central point for community coordination and resource distribution. Interesting, right? This is considered the Bronx's health care hub. So the Montefiores, right? So them same choppies I was talking about earlier, the medical assistant ones, they must be super familiar with the territory. We're going to have them extract resources and we're going to utilize those buildings for those in need of health care because people might get sick along the way, Right. And we know these are kind of like the things that people from the outside are trying to come to get at. So we got to make sure we throw them animals around the edge and the fentanyl and all that so that nobody's really breaking inside. The nucleus. Norwood is the nucleus. It's in the center. Right. So this is considered the Bronx's healthcare hub. The Chapiadoras, when they're not on espionage business across the west side of the the Bronx, right? Highbridge and all that. Right. When When they're not on espionage business, they'll most likely assist with the healthcare needs as most of them is medical assistance. MRI texts and such, right? And wear scrubs and stuff. So, you know, the scrubs would pretty much be a, a part of the ID. We know who to let through, right? But then we got the ease of access to the west side of the Bronx for choppy spy activity shit against the Heights. Remember, like I said, we're going to, you know, throw them like back and forth at each other. It's just understandable because, you know, men is men. And that'd be the, you know, the first bait you throw at somebody. But remember... The choppies just hold it with the scrubs, the ones that are part time choppies, is holding down the, the medical center Norwood from there. We give them residencies there. You see, I got it all thought out. We give them residencies there because there's a, a clean, easy access to the west side. If we got to have them, you know, on double time, like they clock out their first shift, second shift is the espionage joint, you know, the Heights dudes and all that. Yeah. So, you know, Bronx, Bronx got a thing. Like, You know, there's that title to it. Like if you're a Bronx chick, like, so they don't even have to be fully done. It's appealing to the Heights dude. So we got something on us. So we have to take care of them and and, and give them that res. That's what justifies the residency in the Norwood section. All right, cool. So last area we ain't talk about for a very good reason. I'm going to explain that now. My Haven. So I told you before, Soundview might be a thorn, but that's for later. My Haven might be a problem now, but there's like, that's like the elephant in the room. That's that's like the Suge Knight of the room. Or whatever. Anyway, My Haven. My Haven is situated near the Harlem River. And its proximity to Manhattan makes it a strategically important point. So it would have to be defended. It could be crucial for safeguarding against threats from Brooklyn and Queens. Think about that. Now, we not worry too much because it's My Haven. Here's some facts so you can put that into context. My Haven's crime rates are 196% higher than the national average. They get it cracking. I think they're going to be fine. Of these crimes, violent crimes in my haven are 605% higher than the national average. These are current figures. Yeah, chances are that not only may they not cooperate with us, but they'll probably be the first to turn on us. So we may not plan to divert much resources to them because they might mismanage and shit. Because, hey, look at the stats. Kind of kind of gives away how things happen on that side of town. But until we do. Expect the weaponry on that side of town to be very rudimentary and gruesome. Makeshift weapons, people named Weko with soldering iron guns and pints of Bacardi in the back pocket with ripped jeans and long socks and a Kango still. Like, what generation are we in with a bike with no tires? This is all stuff I just gave you three separate people I've seen in the Bronx. I put them all together in one, but these are all people I've seen in the Bronx. That person's going to show up in the apocalypse because the liquor has not taken them down yet. The drugs have not taken him down yet, but he's going to be there. He got got resources and smarts. He knows how to do a thing or two. Don't overlook him. Don't overlook him. But anyway, my haven's going to have a lot of those guys. Because as the data suggests with the poverty, there's a lot of huecos and people down that side. So expect that the weapons are going to be real ugly. The effect and the spin and the things that they learned from Puerto Rico and Vieques and, you know, those OGs and the little tricks that they taught them. Because on the low there were socialist Puerto Ricans and Cubans and militant relatives that taught them how to make pen-zip guns. All that's going to come out of my haven, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Anywho, it's going to it's going to look like chain gang 70 (laughs) and my my haven's going to look like the Bronx in the 70s chain chain gang era. It's going to be wild. 60s, 70s. So nonetheless, as we see managing and organizing such a large population under stress could be challenging. So, yeah, and a few others, one being transit infrastructure and defense and the other waterway utilization and island defense. I don't really got to go through much more detail to show you that we got a lockdown. I really want to kind of move that out and into the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, I gave you this hypothetical story of what my analysis showed me of certain possibilities and painted you a picture of the things that might have been forgotten and not covered, the things that may be more authentic to a reality where a Bronx dystopia exists. This form of dystopia does exist currently in certain parts of the world at this time. That type of dystopia has been a reality for people even where Jesus historically had come from. And that's someone's reality. Although these examples that I may make light of what the Bronx might look like, inspired by these movies that I just talked about and fueled by ADHD and these random rabbit holes, right? Although these take light. During the civil wars of sorts, in this example I gave, had the external forces been a sovereign nation upon its people or the people in that area, with a very capable military, right, like unlike the Bronx and all the threats from the outside that that I share and the things that we have to be about on the inside, right, without receiving... Tons of funding and weapons, right? So this is another country that's sovereign, capable military. funds, Funding, there's their own money and funding that they get externally and weapons. Chances are that the Bronx wouldn't stand a chance under those terms. It would very much look like the conditions in which Jesus and his family endured while in Palestine. Shit, it looked like the conditions all Palestinians currently and over the last 75 years have endured in Palestine. Now, I do not want, I do not wish to ruin Christmas and the tradition for my secular people. You guys go ahead, continue with your celebrations. Spend on, do it as we commercially understand it, with all the colors and decorations. Do so, enjoy that, cheer. But for my, Jesus is the reason for the season, peoples. Consider this, right? This is in Bethlehem. We all know Bethlehem. We all know the nativity, right? At the Evangelical Lutheran Christmas Church in Bethlehem, the figure of baby Jesus was placed amid the rubble of a destroyed building to symbolize the Gaza Strip. This alteration was a gesture of solidarity with the civilians in Gaza who were caught in the conflict between Hamas gunmen and Israeli defense forces. Rev. Dr. Munther Ishak, the pastor of the church, explained that the crochet featuring building, building debris was meant to convey the message of what christmas looks like in palestine on the current conditions this is to give you a picture of what christmas is being celebrated like over there where jesus was actually from because jesus is the reason of the season i don't want to ruin the consumerist secular christmas with all those colors but again just a thing to think about and this doesn't come lightly right because of having this as their stance it comes at the consequence of of many things but one being at the cost of $2.5 million a day in tourism, that they're losing a day of money they would have generated otherwise. Because the same people who depend on visual cues in this world to get the fucking picture are too busy watching program TV and not being in tune with what's happening in the world for real. They can't put a face to things. They can't make certain connections. They choose not to. They choose to be in their little pleasant world and not imagine what a world would look like if things severely change. And then if that's the case, whose trust is it really on? Your reality comes tomorrow and somebody in the physical is operating in a different type of way. You're in a different type of environment. It's things that people could be very comfortable not considering. Because maybe, just maybe, you'd see the fucking irony in that Bethlehem, Palestine, Christmas, Jesus, and any other connections you can get to. But read a book, learn something, free Palestine, and Merry Christmas. Until next time, it's your host. Kingsbridge Ridge, peace.